Hey, thanks so much for listening in to the Better Podcast. This week, I'm joined by some of the best athletes in Asia who will be competing at the Pacific Regionals. Before we see them take the floor, though, I get to ask them a few questions about how they got started with CrossFit, and that sort of led on to other topics that I think you guys will find very interesting. Another thing special about this week is that this is part one of five daily episodes that will be released throughout the week before the regional start. So instead of tuning in every Monday, you can go ahead and check your podcast supplier for a fresh new episode every noon. And hopefully this will tide you through and get you excited for the weekend to come. On the show today, we have the fittest man in Asia for 2018. Carlos Albaladejo is no stranger to competition. Starting his first season in 2012, he's made regionals every year since 2013. Since moving to Korea in 2016, he's taken top spots and honors in Asia, and we chat to him about the competitive landscape that has blossomed in Korea ever since. Heading into the weekend, Carlos is ranked number one, followed by Alex Younger and Ant Haynes, who are both going to be on the podcast tomorrow. So make sure after you listen to this episode, click that subscribe button and check back when we have a brand new episode dropping at noon tomorrow. Until then, enjoy this conversation that I have with first-time podcaster, multiple times regionals athlete, Carlos Albaladejo. Welcome to the show, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, so, Carlos, we're going to start off today by kind of asking you for your story. How did you end up in Korea? Um, so... As most people know, I'm in the I'm an active duty service member in the United States Army. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, stationed in Germany first, went to Virginia for uh, the career course, and then from the career course, I got assigned to South Korea. Mm. And that's how I got to Korea. <laughs> but that's not your. You have roots in Korea before that, though. I do. Yeah, my mom's Korean. So I have a lot of my Korean family members mm-hmm. that uh, that live in Korea right now. My sister is also in Korea. Uh, her and my mom has a, a contracting business that they do. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Maria, actually. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, no, no. And Maria uh, also runs an affiliate in Korea. Can you tell us more about the affiliate? Yeah, the name's uh, CrossFit Marvel. Uh, it's been up and running since 2012. Um, it's in a city called Dongtan. It's about 45 minutes to an hour south of Seoul. Uh, it's a small gym, but it's a it's an awesome gym. I remember when you guys were about to open, um, and that was the year that we had the Asia Championships in Korea, the grand the grand final. Um, how yeah. has it been watching it grow from that time until now? It's awesome, especially the the last one uh, held in Philippines, the one in Manila. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, I mean, the venue was awesome, uh, the organization, everything with the the event was awesome. From the qualifiers, everything is just very organized. So, how does it compare to some of the competitions you've done in the states? Uh, I haven't done that many in the states, but. The, the ones that I have done, um, I think you guys do a 
really good job of um, I'm not sure how to say it, but <laughs> just very well, very well organized. So everything, you know, when you guys say an event starts at 12 o'clock, the event starts at 12 o'clock and it's very, very hard to come by and it helps everybody competing because you can actually uh, time your warm-ups. Yeah. You know, you, you know when you're going to start working out so you can plan accordingly, which helps out a lot. Cool. For, for anybody who's listening and wondering how Carlos and I connected, we actually first met at Asia Championships. And Carlos is one of the most, I would say, from my personal experience, one of the best athletes to judge or to have around because he's just so chill. There is nothing uh, you can thanks. do to <laughs> rattle him. And he's just such a nice guy. Um, and I think a lot of your fellow competitors would attest to this as well, that, you know, you don't just, you know, are a nice guy, you move really ridiculously well. Can you tell us sort of a little bit about your background? What did you do before CrossFit and what led you to competing? So I've always, uh, been into sports. I, I started lifting when I was, uh, 13 years old, maybe, maybe 12. Um, I'll say 13. So mm -hmm. that's when I first started learning how to power lift. Give us some context. Uh, Where did you grow up? Uh, background, geographically. I, I grew up mostly in Korea. My dad was in the army. Mm -hmm. So he was stationed here in Korea, which is where you met my mom. Mm. Uh, I graduated from Osan American High School, which is in Korea. So both, everything I did was in Korea. Everything mm -hmm. I learned. Um, in regards to sports, uh, lifting was in Korea. Wow. Yeah. So you started lifting when you were 12 or 13 and then what happened? Um, never really looked back. I, I always enjoyed it. Um, so during the summer we were always in the gym, maybe not always lifting, but we were always in the gym playing basketball or racquetball. We were always very active as children. Or as kids growing up. Mm -hmm. When you say we, do so, you mean you and Maria or? Uh, no, me and my friends. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Maria was, uh, she's three years older than me, so. Okay. You know, like, it's not cool to hang out with my <laughs> <young> brother. <laughs> gotcha. And so, how did you get into CrossFit? Um, I started when I got stationed in Germany in 2011. It was a... Uh, CrossFit affiliate nearby where I live, CrossFit Heidelberg. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got stationed in Germany, didn't know anybody, had heard about CrossFit, did a couple workouts before, wanted to try it out. So I emailed them and they immediately replied. And that day I did a drop in and I signed up. I haven't stopped doing CrossFit since. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this. 2013 regionals appearance you had at, in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. Was that like your first or second year doing CrossFit that you managed to qualify for regionals? Yeah, it was uh, my second year. So my first year, I almost qualified, but um, I didn't. <laughs> and then that's when I started taking CrossFit a little bit more serious because uh, I wanted to try and compete. So 2013, I qualified for the first time, thought I would do really well, 
Mm. Um, I was not ready for <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> what was that experience like? Tell us a little bit about uh, you walking into a weekend uh, for the first time for the regionals. Oh, it was cool. At the same time, it was uh, nerve-wracking because it's like I've never done a competition that big in a sport like that. Like I've done wrestling, which is kind of on your own, but CrossFit's mm-hmm. kind of different. Uh, the venue's a lot bigger. There's a lot more people there from what I was uh, you know, being – what I was used to. Mm-hmm. So it was very anxious to get started. And then uh, I remember the first workout, it was Jackie. I thought I was going to crush it. And I thought I was crushing it mm-hmm. um, until I looked back. I was, I was the first guy on the thrusters. I looked back, I'm taking a break, and no one's taking a break. I, I think I finished last in that workout. <laughs> that was a brutal workout. I remember that one. Yeah. The pace at, at which people workout. were getting through that workout was insane. I know, I know. But you still finished really well. You came in 20th that weekend. Yeah, like I, all the endurance workouts, I placed last. And all the strength workouts, I placed like some of them top five, most of them top ten. So it's just not very well uh, balanced. That was uh, my taxi driver, by the way. That, that just burped. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and so then you say after that weekend, you the next time you appeared at regionals was the 2015 regionals at the Atlantic Regional. Mm-hmm. By then, you've been doing CrossFit for four years? Uh, that Going into my fourth year, yeah. Yeah. What was that like? And... Did you expect to go back to regionals? Was that always like sort of the goal from the very beginning? I didn't. Um, so regionals was always my goal. Uh, and after 2013, I was pretty sure that I'd make 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I didn't, I figured that I needed to take CrossFit a lot serious, a lot more serious if I wanted to be competitive in the sport. Mm-hmm. So I, I stopped drinking. You know, I started eating a little bit better. And then uh, when I moved to the States, uh, my goal the whole time was try and make it to regionals uh, out of the mid-Atlantic. Mm. I barely made it. Well, I wouldn't say barely. You were, 20, you were fourth in Virginia and 20th in mid-Atlantic. Um, but what was that like compared to walking in on, in 2013? Yeah, like a completely different experience. The venue was a lot smaller, but uh, it was a lot more full. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, big name athletes there. So Garrett Fisher was there because I think he was coaching Rick Ross at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was in that region coming out of the Southeast. Uh, Noah Olson, Elijah Muhammad, Ben Smith, uh, Sam Briggs. It was, it was cool to... You know, be in the same warm-up room. Yeah. Uh, in the back, is um, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. So I want to go back to when you talked about how regionals has always been the goal. Um, is regionals the goal as a stepping stone to the games for you, or is regionals the be-all end-all? Just want to get there and do my best, and then let the chips fall where they may. You know, I, of course, I want to. 
try and qualify for the games, but it's, it is very competitive. Um, and I do put my best foot forward. You just never know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go into any competitions thinking that, uh, you know, I'm going to win it or I'm going to do well enough to advance to the games. I just want to – I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. Right. Um, I just want to go out and do the best I can, you know. I think there's um, – I mean, there's this thing that people always talk about, which is right, what are you willing to do to get what you want? And I guess what I'm trying to dig at is what does compete what does competing mean to you, and like how how much of your life are you willing to sacrifice to make the games come true for you? Because I I know a lot of people in this region who have a lot of big dreams of going to the games, but and they're willing to do a lot to sacrifice to get there. Um, and I was just wondered for somebody who's sitting at the top of the leaderboard, how much of your life have you given? Um, to be where you are right now. Um, so yeah, there there is a lot of things that you sacrifice. Um, like I don't see a lot of my high school friends as much as I'd like to. Um, you know, my mom, my sister, uh, and Misty, my wife Misty, mm-hmm. they're very understanding of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So they're. Um, they're probably the ones that, that sacrifice the most in order to support what I want to do. Okay. Uh, as far as, as far as time, uh, from doing the meal preps. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it. Like I'd be willing to, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how to say it. Like I, I feel like I do sacrifice a lot. But my family sacrifices a lot more for what I want to do. Okay, cool. I mean, a lot of people, uh, the reason why I ask this question is mostly because I think people underestimate how much it's going to take to get to regionals or even, you know, to the games um, because social media has made it seem so achievable. Like you follow your favorite athletes and you go online and you look at their workouts. You're like, oh, I could do that. I, I already do that. Why am I not at the top? And it's like you said, it's those in those little details that people um, don't realize that it's going to cost them extra time with their family. Or instead of going out to this person's anniversary party, you're going to have to be going to bed early so that you can train hard again tomorrow. Can you walk us through your day? What what does it look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my schedule's changed a little bit because my, my job has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in the Army, we... PT in the morning. Um, so PT in the morning typically is mostly uh, conditioning, a lot of running. And then I'll try to get half the workout that I need to finish uh, during lunch. So about an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then after work in the evening is when I finish the rest of the stuff. Who so programs for you? Not, right now, Matt Springer out of OPEX. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been uh, programming for me for the last since ever since I've been in Korea. Okay. And what kind of work do you uh, do with him? Like, what is the focus of the programming for you guys? Um, you know, like I'm I'm not a very good um, 
athlete in terms of understanding the the process. Uh, he gives me what I need to do, and I just do it, and I don't really ask why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I couldn't really explain to you. Okay. Uh, but you know, everything's the general. I think the general idea is uh, to always be conditioned for one. Um, and then, you know, pretty much the same cycle as everyone's uh, okay. going into a strength cycle after the open or after regionals. And then, um, you know, building conditioning as the open approaches and then trying to peak at uh, regionals. Mm-hmm. I mean, having had, uh, having had so many experiences at the regionals, um, there are definitely things that, you know, would stand out to you as stuff that you would work on. Like, for example, you were talking about, you know, not being the best at the endurance events, but taking top spots in the strength stuff. So have you guys been working more into those domains time-wise or? Yeah, mostly working on my weaknesses. So I suck at rowing. I suck at wall balls. Um, so we do a lot of rowing and we've been doing a lot of wall balls. <laughs> so those are just two of the things um, for an example, but right. uh, I, my handstand stuff, I've had some issues with during the open. So we've done a lot of work in regards to, uh, um, you know, building endurance in handstand push-ups, handstand walks, uh, and all variations of the handstand stuff. Right. We've seen a lot of new talent come out of Korea. Everyone's gotten stronger. And it seems like it seems like there's something in the water in Korea. <laughs> if you look at the leaderboard in Asia, top, I guess, eight, eight out of ten people in the top ten are from Korea. Can you tell us what you think is causing that? And, I mean, what are your, just your thoughts on it? So, yeah, um, I don't know exactly what it is, but you can take a look at the affiliate map, and there's some 250 gyms, uh, affiliated gyms in Korea. Mm-hmm. And, like, 80, 100 of them are in the city of Seoul. Mm-hmm. So, CrossFit's uh, pretty big in Korea. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I remember when I first got to Korea in 2000. 15 they had the the coaches throw down mm-hmm. and at the time it was eric carmody um yeah. who was still there it was competitive then but it's nothing like it is now i mean those guys they've gotten so strong um all while mm-hmm. you know improving their the conditioning so that, I, I don't know what it is but they they figured it out I think one of the most unique things about the landscape in Korea is that the, the gyms open until late at night, like midnight. We're talking about classes yeah, yeah. running into midnight, and that's not usual at all for Asia. Um, is that a cultural thing? It definitely is. So everyone, the city, like, the city never sleeps. People work. They're very hardworking people. They don't get off from work till sometimes nine ten o'clock mm. so those guys come to the gym like our gyms our last class is at nine forty, uh which is wow. pretty late yeah but not as late to some of the other gyms that stay open till midnight like you said 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those those guys they work. They show up to work at eight nine in the morning, and then they're there up until nine at night. And yeah, still trying to get a the workout in. Yeah. That's cool. Um, how do you think you kind of? How do you think you fit in into that piece? Because I know you did a competition with um, you did a team competition lately with was it with Eric and and Gemma? Yeah, Gemma, correct. Yeah. Um, it, are it, does everyone kind of play well in Korea, or is it fairly competitive or cutthroat? Um, it, I think it used to be a little bit more competitive. Um, but it's different now. There definitely has been a um, paradigm shift, I guess. Mm-hmm. People work work out together more often. Uh, you know, they're sharing their workouts, right. and people talk to each other at competitions uh, now. When back then, uh, it was very competitive, and you could feel the tension in the, the warm up room. But it's not like that anymore. Everyone knows everybody there. Yeah. Um, so everyone's pretty cool. And I guess just the fact that there are just so many brands out there that are very supportive of CrossFit and the growth of it, like creating competitions like the Spider Challenge or the um, like all these local throwdowns really does bring a lot of the people together and create opportunities for people to train hard for a very short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about these like competitions and how your mom and sister are always there. (laughs) It's no, it's really Um, encouraging. It's exciting to, to be near them when you're competing on the floor because I, my attention is always split between watching them watch you and watching you compete and do your thing. Why are they so supportive? (laughs) I guess is my question. I don't know. They've, they've always been, um, you know, when I played sports in high school, mm-hmm. my mom was always there. Maria was always there whenever she could be there. Mm. Uh, they've always just been very supportive. And again, that's probably the only reason I've been able to uh, compete as compete the way I have been for mm. so long. But yeah, even when I was in uh, Germany, the first time I made it to regionals, uh, they flew out to Finland with me, wow. watched the event. The year before that, they thought I was going to make it, so they flew out. I didn't make it, so we just hung out in Germany. But <laughs> yeah, they're, they're always there. That's awesome. Um, it's, I think that's a very unique relationship that you have with your family. Um, what, do, what makes you guys so close? Um, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've always been very close. Um, I mean, you, you talked about growing up, you talked about growing up and, um, you know, not really hanging out a ton with your sister. Did that change at some point or was it sort of a, well, you guys were always close just in not, not in certain ways, but in other ways. So we got very close through CrossFit, believe it or not. Um, mm. In high school, I was always out, um, and I was into sports 
Lily was into sports, but she didn't start until late in her high school years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't hang out that much growing up. When she visited me in Germany that, that one year that I thought I was going to make it to regionals, mm-hmm. uh, I took her to CrossFit Heidelberg for her first CrossFit uh, workout, and it crushed her. Mm. Um, like most people. Oh yeah, but like she couldn't. The next day, <laughs> my mom uh, and I were making fun of her. Like we made her cry because we were making so much fun, and she was in so much pain. Oh. And she said she'll never do it again. But when they, uh, when she went back to California, I found a gym for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, told her to join it, and once she started, uh, she it, it became something we could talk about like mm-hmm. we had a, a common understanding uh, a common subject to talk about so CrossFit brought uh, our entire family a lot close I mean we've always been close mm-hmm. but close on a different level right that's cool like we have a yeah does Misty uh, do cool. CrossFit she she does but she doesn't <laughs> so <laughs> she's she's good she moves really well yeah um, it's, she just uh, does it when she wants to just not as she's not I guess she's not as dedicated as I am is the best way to put it right I, I think very few people are or <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool um, that I think one of the most encouraging things is watching them just kind of come around you and not just shout from the sidelines, but also provide you with space that you need um, mm-hmm. during these competitions. It's very obvious how proud they are of you. Um, are they with you this weekend at, in Australia? Not yet. They'll fly in on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I flew out here a little bit earlier. Okay, cool. It's also yeah. your birthday tomorrow. It is, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday in advance. Thanks. I turn uh, 30. <laughs> is, <laughs> well, some of the best athletes I know are 30 and above, so I, I think you're in really good company. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> what uh, What are you doing to celebrate tomorrow? Um, no plans. I'm going to go work out um, at CrossFit Play Comp Borders Gym. Mm-hmm. Aunt Haynes will be there. Um, I think a couple others uh, will be there also. Oh, Antonio, he'll be there as well. That's cool. But yeah, that's about it. No plans. I think uh, Ice Cube's supposed to perform this weekend, so maybe go check him out. Wow, that's not a bad way to spend a birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of joking, but I I might. (laughs) (laughs) Only kind of. Only kind of. Yeah. I want to take a take a moment to shift gears because I this series that I'm kind of building up to is, I mean we're, I'm releasing an episode every day featuring a, an athlete that's going to compete this weekend for the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you tell us to whoever's listening um, what sort of what's your mindset going into the competition floor? This won't be this won't be your first time on the competition floor and also won't probably won't be your last. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see where your head's at before you walk in. Um, just having, so 
obviously being hungry, hungry, but mm. not having um, too high of an expectation. Um, I just want to be able to go out and do the best that I can uh, without letting pressure, uh, you know, come into play. Not stressing out. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy it. But at yeah. the same time, I hope uh, it'll be my best performance. What are some of the things that are making you nervous right now, if at all? Uh, everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, because I've done all the workouts. I know how the workouts feel. And I know if I want to do well, I've got to push. And it'll be uncomfortable. It'll hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing what, it, what it's going to feel like, uh, you know, makes me a little nervous and then yeah i don't know I, i've been watching the other regions go mm-hmm. and when i watch it my hands start getting sweaty um it's just things that i can't i can't help Being but it's, it's all good it's all good stress yeah um what is your favorite event this year what is the one you're looking forward to the most my favorite event so um i don't think i'm gonna do I, my favorite events are the events that I don't think that I, I'm going to do very well compared to the the field, mm-hmm. uh, but I like it. I like Linda. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the triple three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the Hanson O course. Mm. Uh, those three are probably my favorite. Have you done them back to back? Meaning stack? I have, yeah. Up? Yeah. Uh, you talk about the old course? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been. Uh, it's one of those things that 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 gets better with uh, you know, just simply doing it. So practicing a lot of variations of the handstand old course uh, has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know, in practice, it always feels good. Mm-hmm. I just never know how it's going to feel when I'm on the competition floor. Mm. Cool. Um, are there any workouts that make you extremely nervous or you feel unprepared for just kind of dreading? Oh, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the oh. event four and event six, because they hurt the most by far. Which and ones are those? Event four is the snatches and burpees. Uh-huh. And then event six is thrusters and rope climbs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the dumbbell step over workout either. Because mm. it's long. Because that one. Yeah, it just hurt. I, I practiced it, and I don't know if it's because I'm sure or the dumbbells are really heavy. I don't know what it is, but mm. the step overs, it yeah. just like, crushed my soul. Yeah, those hurt a bit. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they're fun, though. They're fun. Cool. Um, workouts aside, what are you looking forward to the most uh, from the experience from the weekend? Because, like, we talked about, we started this entire episode by talking about how you're just such a – you're a good sport. Like, you're just fun to watch and be around in a competition. And I was, I was actually taking questions from my personal Instagram – asking people what I should ask you um, before we chat. And I think unanimously, the question that I get the most is, 
people want to know how you keep your hair so intact when you're working out. <laughs> they want to know uh, the secret, Carlos. Give the people what they want. Uh, you got you got to care for it. So when <laughs> I when I go upside down and do handstand push-ups, I make sure uh, to fix my hair. It's just constant care. Constant <laughs> care. There's no two ways about it. Did you at some point shave your head <laughs> earlier this year? I did. So oh, no, 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 not. Um, no? Yeah, not this year. Okay. So that was an old folder from some, some other time. It was. That was actually when I was in uh, Germany. Okay. So we can still look forward to, to seeing the, the immaculately well-kept hair. Thanks. Absolutely. Over the, <laughs> over the internet. Um, cool. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I just have one last question for you, and this comes from a very yes. young fan. Um, if someone was, were to want to go to the game someday, or at least go to as many regionals as you have, um, and they are, say, 10, 11 years old, where should they start? Or at least what would, what would your advice be to them? Learn to enjoy the process. Um, you know, things, progress is progress. Things takes time. Things take time. Uh, and it's, especially if when you're competing, it's very hard to, or it's very easy to uh, start picking at things that aren't going well. But you have to be positive and put the good stuff when you're training. Um, it's easy to get burnt out mm -hmm. and you really do have to enjoy what you're doing or you can't do it for long. How do you enjoy the process when you're not good at something yet? Um, just by staying positive, knowing that, you know, the, the time, the, the effort you put in mm -hmm. will eventually uh, lead to progress. I mean, there was a time when I couldn't overhead squat the bar or 65 pounds overhead because my mobility was so bad. I never thought I'd be able to overhead squat. Never thought I'd be able to do a squat snatch. Mm. It took about a year, but, you know, now I'm snatching and I can yeah. do overhead squats now. <laughs> so hard work pays off and patience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Carlos. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Good luck this weekend, and we're looking forward to watching you compete. Thank you. I'll try my best. <laughs> all right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right, Mel. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the end. Don't forget, we have a brand new episode every day this week until the athletes hit the regionals floor. So come back tomorrow. And join us as we chat to Ant and Alex Younger from Coastal Fitness Performance Training. Both these guys are ranked 2 and 3 going into the weekend right behind Carlos, so this will be exciting. We chat about the importance of having training partners, Instagram fame, sponsorships, and last but not least, training music. If you're listening to this on your commute out this morning, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you guys tomorrow.